Welcome to the DOS Champions Podcast. It's the 30th, the last day of September. Um, I'm Alex Weinstein. I'm joined uh, by co-host Ryan Tooney. We have a ton of topics to cover today, and so we're going to jump right into it. We're going to cover uh, EPL Match Day 6. We're a little bit late on that. And um, we're going to cover Champions League Match Day 2. So, Ryan, let's start off with uh, what many consider the game of the week. Chelsea 0, Man City 1. Yeah, I was going to say, late on that, Schmidt on that. There's a lot to go over. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. Um, but, go ahead. but, yeah, the uh, Chelsea and Man City stuff... Um, this is, I think, was a surprise for what we predicted. I think a lot of people were surprised by this result. It's um, a huge statement for City to win this type of game. Chelsea, and we'll get to more of this later, looks way flatter than they used to. They're not producing chances like they used to. Uh, I was you know, surprised by the result. It sucks that um, the right back got injured for Chelsea. And... Yeah, Reece James, I, right? Yeah, exactly. Reese James that he got injured was pretty unfortunate. Um, it, I don't think it is necessarily like a reason that they lost here, but it's definitely uh, unfortunate. Um, yeah, uh, I guess like on the Chelsea end of things, um, I had mentioned this a few weeks ago that they were going to have to adjust their playing style a little bit with Lukaku, and I still think there's some things they can do to improve that will happen over time. Um, but the big thing uh, from Chelsea that I noticed is that, um, and this is going to sound like I'm a truther of Pulisic, but he would have made a big difference in that game. His skill set is particularly valuable in games like those. Um, his ability to run at players and create opportunities, um, beat a man, beat two men if he needs to, and actually be dangerous and draw defenders in, which opens up other sides of the pitch are extremely valuable in situations like those. Um, and I think coming out of this, he's got to be the preferred option to Timo Werner. Oh, absolutely. I think, I feel like what's going on is his um, close ball control at high speed is just way better than Werner's, but Werner's top speed is better. So he can, he can do certain things Pulisic can't in terms of speed related stuff. Uh, it's interesting you say, you know, Pulisic and not, and not Mount right away, but it, it, we are American-centric. I saw somebody tweet, though, they, they were saying, oh, we're missing Mount. And somebody's like, you mean Pulisic, right? Just like... Oblivious. Yeah. No, I don't know how oblivious they were, but I think what you were saying is kind of important. And his impact on this game could have been great. He did have that um, goal against Manchester City, the phenomenal exactly. goal, where he did basically what you were describing, where he sucked the guy in, he blows by him. Uh, there was a moment... Um, I think it was in the second half, early in the second half, where uh, Werner was trying to take the ball up the sideline, and he got—he just can't use the space when players are trying to like close him down. And at, as the play went on, I was like, "Man, I know Pulisic in that situation would have ended up just getting a throw-in for them." But that's really probably not even Chelsea's main problem either. You know, having Mount out, having Pulisic out, Kai Havertz is kind of up and down. Timo Werner isn't what he's supposed to be. Lukaku can't do everything on his own. He had like a bright start, but now he hasn't, what is it, a couple games now in both yeah. Champions League and? Yeah. So uh, it's a weird settling period for them. Um, but on Manchester City, Ruben Diaz, he looks so pumped up afterward and he is playing phenomenally right now. Yeah, I heard Wijnaldum say that he was the um, 
best defender in the Premier League. And I was like, you sure about that? And then he's like, I know a lot of people would say Virgil van Dijk is. And I was like, okay, you are sure about that. Yeah. Um, so it's I a heard them talk approach. about that as well. And I, I don't think that they're, and this is coming from a you know, Liverpool fan. I, I don't think it's crazy to try to say something like that right now. You know, people are up and down and these guys are all so, so good. So it's like being slightly worse than Ruben Diaz currently is not exactly a slight of not any at all. Wa- of any weight, at least. Um, yeah, but I guess let's, let's go ahead. Well, I, we should just move on because there's more to talk about City later on, and it does feed off of what happened on the weekend. So yeah, there's so much to cover. So Arsenal three, Spurs one. Um, uh, I guess like Spurs are in free fall, and Arsenal are finding a way to like pick themselves up. Yeah, it's pretty nice for Arsenal. You know, if you're an Arsenal fan, it's terrible if you're Spurs they look hopeless I know uh t- today we're recording on a Thursday they won in what is it the Europa Conference League and Kane it's, had a hat trick but yeah I mean so this what? is the one they wanted you know um and it looks really bad like ho- like I said hopeless uh Arsenal though are bright exciting everybody looks like they're having fun uh they really needed this is three wins in a row now for them so uh, I- I'm gonna I guess I'm going to keep beating this drumstein, but uh, I think Arsenal's Arsenal coming for Everton. Everton. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I don't doubt it. Um, they seem to have found their legs. Um, Bukayo Saka was like, it was uh, who was it? It was Saka and Emil Smith Rowe, and it was just like a circular economy between those two. They were just like consistently <laughs> scoring goals and assisting each other, and it was just like. Oh. I, they were awesome. Um, Odegaard, I don't like. I don't think this is one person. I think this is more a team finding their identity. Um, but Odegaard has been inserted in the squad, and he's played well for them recently. And I think he's like occupying. I don't know if it's like a, calling it like a holding midfield position is the right way to look at it, but he's definitely distributing the ball and letting those guys get into the attack and really be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Be dangerous. Oh, so it's it's free flowing. It's good good Arsenal football. It's it's a nice thing to get to watch. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I don't like Arsenal, I'm happy they're bouncing yeah, back. Yeah, but they're always, this is how they want to play. And they look, they usually look good doing it and everybody's all pumped up. So they're, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see what, let's see what happens with them moving forward though. Cause they're not immune to craziness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next game we have is Southampton nil Wolves one. I really enjoyed this game. Um, Wolves finally have life. And the story of Wolves this season is that they've been able to generate like threat in the offense but they haven't been able to finish. And so like, this is like an example of this is Adama Traore running up the entire field and then like (laughs) just blasting it over the goal or not being able to have that finesse. Um, But they looked really good and it was, it was nice to see uh, Raul Jimenez score. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was one of those goals too, where like the guy is so good and he's just not been able to, you know, score since he's come back and he was in complete control through the goal, the entire goal. And I wonder how it like what was going through his head. Cause I feel like it was, it was just like, Oh, yep. Got it. Got it. And in the goal. And cause he's missed a few, you know, that maybe he could have scored leading up and you can understand yeah. how that would like play on a guy's confidence and whatnot. But it, it was so nice to see him get one that was like, he was in full control the entire time. People are diving, trying to stop him but you can't and he just buries it yeah i have a lot of respect for him and i always i always think that players who are good players do not deserve to have their career cut short by injury and so i want to see him come back the other guy i want to um two other guys i want to note in this game um jose sa is the goalkeeper from ryan what how do you pronounce it olympic Olympicos. oh olympiacos 
Olympiacos. Jose Saz from Olympiacos, and um, he's a good goalkeeper, and he was really the difference maker. He actually assisted Raul Jimenez's goal. He just like blasted it down the field, but he also <laughs> had like a ton of marquee saves before that point. Um, the last guy I'm going to point out, this is important to American fan bases, is um, they have this left winger named Marcel Wolvesdu, and he's pretty awful. Um, he was the guy in match day five that like basically tackled the guy in the box after a referee warning. He's constantly losing the ball, getting dispossessed and um, giving away possession in his defensive third. And I think that um, as long as Wolves aren't totally soured by their last American experience in Ono Tosoe, that a guy like Anthony Robinson or even like a George Bello, like a left, they, they have a availability for a left wing back. And I bet that's one of the positions yeah. that they seek out. I'd be interested to see what Bello does once he moves somewhere, because I think physically he's got all the gifts you need to be able to hang with some really, really good players. You know, we saw it against uh, against Mexico. Um, so that w- I could see see this kind of thing. It'd be exciting. Uh, I don't I don't feel like Scaly though is going anywhere anytime soon. No, I wrote him down, and yeah. uh, like I think if he does make a move, it's going to be to like a top yeah. four team. No, and I, Robinson though has got some attacking bite to him, and I can I see him doing there. well, and like, a, yeah, it'd be it's not a bad spot for him. But the Bello one, I, I am super intrigued to see what the next step is for this kid. Agreed. Anything that you have on Southampton and Wolves other than I just Southampton, wish Southampton dominated Southampton was the game? Better than they were, but yeah, they did dominate. I just they need to finish and get. They need points. Uh, they're going to be right there if they don't. If they don't, you know, keep keep picking up some points. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, next game we have is Man U Zill, uh, Aston Villa one. Um, I'll I'll brag. I made that call that this was going to yeah. happen, and it's it most it's mostly because like Man U is just like not predictable. They should be like pulverizing teams. They're very much like the U.S. men's national team in the sense that they should be pulverizing teams, and they're just not getting the result that they need to be getting. Yeah. And I think the thing that disappointed me the most, in uh, it, that disappoints me the most in all this, is I don't like the way that Ole interviews afterwards. He's like always deflecting blame, and he's never saying, you know what, like we should be creating significantly more chances and scoring significantly more goals, and we have a way higher budget and like way higher like you know like we yeah. should be doing better we are better take than them the yeah. results should reflect that yeah i'm responsible for this you yeah. know I, I don't know um yeah it's maddening with them and we'll get you know there's more on them later because the oli coaster is in full effect it certainly is um next How about game Nor- or not norwich yeah, uh, everton, everton. <laughs> i i'm like they won two nil against norwich and i like i might be dead wrong on norwich i would like to think that norwich had a really difficult start to the year and they're gonna like be able to establish themselves against like middle and weaker competition but they're looking like they could be like the worst yeah. team in epl history so i might have to eat grow on that although the season's not over yet um as far as everton go it they won but it wasn't a convincing win um, like, it, I don't know. I just like watch the game and I'm like, yeah, they're supposed to be doing this, but I would like if they were winning by more or I would like if they were controlling more possession. I think like the big thing with Everton, as I've been saying week over week, their second squad isn't good. Their substitutes aren't great. Um, and I don't like what's going on in the whole, um, Ancelotti saga that includes players like high mace and players that like, um, were intrigued by Ancelotti and Richarlison is, I think, one of those guys 
there seems to just be this like cloud hanging over the player's head. So Jaime's moved and, and uh, Rafa Benitez, who's their coach now, released a statement and was just like, the dude wasn't interested. He was more interested in money and having fun than he was in training. And I basically couldn't play him in games because it would be of disrespect to the players who are working yeah. their butt off in training. Strong and that's, yeah, those are strong words. It's not something good to be having in the locker room and getting rid of him is probably a good move for the club overall. But I, I do fear that that cloud is hanging over their head. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's hard to have, you know, to move up from where Everton are at. This is a good result though. And they're right. What are they tied for second? I mean, that goal difference aside, mm-hmm. like they have the yeah. same number of points. So they've yeah. had really solid results thus far. It looks like Rafa's got his head on straight with all the stuff that you just described. Um, it's difficult though. It's really difficult to get get to break that, you know, into that like elite elite area. Yeah, they have um they've got uh Man U this weekend. That's gonna be a fantastic game. They're tied on points. Um yeah. so tune tune into that one. We're not gonna do a preview of match match day. No, can't uh, fit it in this week, but seven, but I think that would be a good one to watch. It absolutely would be. All right, so Ryan, you want to talk about your heartbreak now? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this this game was just bananas, you know. It was awesome. Like, yeah, it, um, I really wish that they would just scored one of the. Sorry, we're talking about Brentford Liverpool. It's three uh, three. I can't believe that Liverpool didn't at least score that fourth goal and some of the opportunities they had when they were up. Still, um, but Brentford are for real. This it, they're a super fun team. If they can hang in this kind of game, you got to give them respect. You could see that on all the way the Liverpool players were acting and the the two teams. It it's really fun sometimes when these kind of games happen. You always want the result as a fan, but gosh, this is you know this is what the kind of ball that people you know you live for. You love it. It was back and forth. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was a fantastic game. Um, Ivan Tony is yeah. the real deal. Holyfield and and Brentford are here to say are here to stay. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and more than just like scrape by, it feels like they're going to be the team that that does the oh, they're like really punches and gets into the top half of the table. Yeah, or like Sheffield United not that long ago did this, even though they're relegated now. They finished like sixth, I want to say, one year after getting promoted, not that far before. Um, good form, stitching results together. They have a methodology that's working. You know, they believe in what they're doing and being rewarded for it. It's it's really sweet. Promotion is a is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching them do their damn thing. Um, next game we have is Leeds one, West Ham two. Um, Leeds need to pick up points. I mean, they're starting to the Cinderella story of last season is like totally worn off at this point, and they like simply need to win games. Um, Mikel Antonio is the leading goal scorer in the EPL. I think those are like the two big themes of this game. Yeah, well, he's tied for it, but yes. Oh, he's tied for it. I thought he, I thought he occupied it. Does he? Is he alone? Maybe I looked at an old list. I thought him and Salah were tied for it. Now, now we have to like call each other out in the middle of the podcast, but it's important that we get this shit straight. Yeah, for sure. He, uh, you're, <laughs> he's tied with Salah and Vardy. Five. Oh yeah, I forgot Vardy got in there too. Yep. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's it. But I agree about like his. Him and on West Ham 
are it's it's really good and they are they're a good team. You you've been right on them thus far. This yeah, leads, I was hot on them. This lead struggling is it's a uh, you know not good. They gotta they gotta get something going. You can I continue to believe that it will eventually start clicking for them, but six games, many games without a win. Yeah, that's a problem for them. Um, next game we have is Leicester two, Burnley two, and um, theme for me is like Burnley is just like. Burnley's like the guy who smokes like a pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> yeah, like smokes a pack of cigarettes a day and like starts drinking like a, a bottle of whiskey every day starting at the age of 16 and like lives to be like 103 years old. Yeah, seriously. And like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know how they do this. Um but they're they're playing really well and they're like playing this gritty style of like hard nosed mm-hmm. football and um, that's cool. Um, as far as Leicester goes, we had them pegged as like the hard, like they yeah. were like the number five team and it's like you know you had your big four and then you had like you had Leicester and Leicester's they're just like it's a combination of things. It's mostly their defense, but they're just like not winning games. No. It's it's wild with them. I can't believe they haven't uh, put more results together. They should have won this game. Uh, well, not on the on the bounce of play even necessarily, but I mean, it, it, prospectively, they should have. Uh, yeah, and kind of at a loss for words for their ability. It's similar, I guess, or their situation. It's kind of similar to Leeds, I guess, in that you would expect to have gotten more. You kind of believe you're still going to get it, but it's been a sufficient amount of time now to be questioning if it's going to, you know, be what you anticipated to begin with. Uh, yeah, watch watch them because it's, you know, it could get interesting if they don't, if they're just buoying around like 12th. Be weird. It would be strange. Um, next game we have is Watford 1, Newcastle 1. I think we said this was going to be the snoozer of the week. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. There were two mediocre teams that each scored a goal. I didn't watch the game. Um, I wish I knew more about it. Yeah, there. I think this and kind of the Crystal Palace Brighton one. Um, you know, these are the mid-table teams, and a couple of one-one draws that uh, that rounds out the week for for the EPL. Yeah, we got through that in a good amount of time. I'm happy with it. All right, now let's jump into the good stuff: Champions League. Yeah, well, and it's more fresh in our our minds, though. Okay, so a PSG to Man City yeah. nil. I'll just say that when I watched PSG um, tie Bruga, I thought to myself, the piece, it wasn't Messi. Like a lot of people are like, hey, Messi's not settling in at PSG. And I watch him play, and I'm like, dude, he's still doing messy things. Like he's making players, he's hitting the post, he's creating opportunities. It's not like he's not messy there. Um, the thing that stood out to me was Verratti missing. And I was like, who's that guy in the midfield that's going to put it together? That seems like the piece. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. He comes back. They beat City 2-0. Mm-hmm. And this is the City like, all right, what just happened now? It is at PSG, and PSG is phenomenal. So you do kind of give some deference there. But, I mean, City off that big win and then coming in and, and getting kind of, you know, getting it handed to him 2-0 is, oh, yeah. is convincing. And, um yeah, it's inter- it's interesting to think where is where are City at? Are they are they going to be winning the league? Are they a dominant force this year or not? Um, I don't know. PSG is such a tough opponent; you can't fault. Them we so haven't much, like, totally got a good read on PSG either mm-hmm. because on paper they're like 
like one of the best super teams I think I've seen in my lifetime. It's difficult to though, because they don't have a litmus test in their league that's allowing you to get like a clear picture of how they would be expected to compete in like the round of, you know, 16 come the spring. I agree. You you get these tasters and it's like, okay, so they might just be the best because city just had the best win of their season and then get dispatched like this. I agree. Um, Next game we have is RB Leipzig one club Brugge two. I actually, um, it's actually, I had the luxury of chatting with Alexi Lalas today and I brought up club Brugge and like, again, we're going to keep saying the same thing. We've been saying this about club Brugge for some time now. They're impressive. Like this is a team that people could look at years from now and be like, man, that was a, that was like one of those cool teams that had all that talent. I'm trying to think of like the last group that was like that. I think like when De Jong and Delict and uh, Zayek were all playing for um, Ajax. Ajax, like that was the last team I can remember that was like that. And then like Monaco, Alexi brought up like Monaco mm-hmm. not too long ago was like that. But I yeah, think they were club- awesome. Yeah, and there's Monaco always- so many good players on that team. Totally, and there's always like a wonder kit or two, and I think like the Catalera is like, like I said, it translates in in uh, Belgian to the sex. I think he's the guy that's going to be a, a boss on that team. And then, and then another news, um, Leipzig. Yeah, uh, Ooh, Jesse, <laughs> going. He was up high six zero over the weekend, and then this. You know, you, maybe Club Brugge is much better than uh, we think initially about them, but this is not good. They can't. You know, they go up one zero, and then they lose two to one and are giving up goals. They shouldn't. It's tough. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Um, did you hear the, uh, criticism that Jesse Marsh had after the game by the German media? No, what's up? So they said that he like speaks with this American optimism and, um, he actually, I think he spoke after the game and basically pointed out some of the flaws of his team and the German media ate him up again. And they were like, he's excessively trying to combat the American optimism that's innate in him. But that idea of American optimism very much reminded me of like Burhalter. Um, but it's this idea that like, hey, we're going to keep positive spirits and not identify the core problems and actually speak about the core problems existing, even if it's saying like, I don't know how to fix them. We have problems, but there is this, this quote, like American optimism. And I think, you know, I, I can relate to that, I guess a little bit, um, with Burhalter. Uh, last yeah, thing that's I'll... interesting. I should, yeah. I, I need to look into that more. Yeah. Take a look at the quote. It's kind of interesting, but, um, last thing I'll point out about club Bruga is like, no, Owen Otisoe and like, I can't, overstate how important it is that that dude find a way to get into the team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You're like, this is a ge- like generational opportunity for him more or less is what you're saying. Um, yes. And it would be very unfortunate to miss out on it. Who knows what's up with him at this point. You would imagine he's, you know, he's got a great opportunity. Let's see when he does get some play in time. Yeah. Um, so next match we have is Porto. <laughs> One yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool five. Yeah, uh, away they, from home, five to one. It's about par for course for Liverpool against Porto in the Champions League. I was looking at the results earlier. We were going over them, and they scored at least four goals like every year that they played against them. They played them once in the group stage, and then uh, previously and twice in the knockout rounds. And they've just they score so many goals on them. Um, so yeah, they butchered them again, and I 
it's fun to have eight goals get scored in the two fixtures that my team played. Uh, yeah, everything's great right now for Liverpool. I'm yeah, they were not worried at all. They but, went full on Bay City Butcher. <laughs> Curtis Jones. It's great. Got, the midfield is so stacked. Um, yeah. And then we have Milan. I don't even know what to say about this game in terms of tactics. They just they crushed them. Yeah, they, they beat them down. But yeah, sorry. Uh, ne- no, next game we had uh, Milan 1, Athleti 2. Um, I'm not like totally. I didn't watch the play that's like um, being brought to. I, I guess there's like a complaint about the way that the officiating went down. I didn't see what happened. I, I probably should watch it. I will. Um, do you know anything about that, Ryan? Uh, no, but I when I turned in late, it was the game was already over, and I saw that the stoppage time was much later, or, or the clock was much later than the allotted stoppage time, and saw that Suarez scored on a penalty. And I was just not that surprised to learn that there was something going on with Athleti and causing stoppage time to go on forever. So <laughs> <laughs> I like. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened exactly. This group, though, um, is, I guess, rounding into shape in terms that, like, you know, Liverpool is sitting nice at the top. Atletico is there in second. And you, this is kind of what you had basically predicted. Um, it's this one is kind of, you know, Porto's there with one point, and Milan hasn't been able to stitch anything together yet. But Milan does get Porto next, so that's an important game moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Diego Simeone knows how to like um, to to grind out these wins. So, yeah, it's par for the course, I suppose. Um, next, we have Axe to the Eye, Ajax, <laughs> and then uh, Bistikas. Um, Brian, anything on that? Uh, Holler scores again, so I think he is leading the competition currently with five goals and two games. Interesting. And then we have Dortmund one, Sporting nil. Yeah, no Holland the last couple games for Dortmund. Um, so currently d- don't feel as inclined to tune into Dortmund until Holland is back because he is the box office or Giovanni Reina for that matter. Uh, but anyways, it's just a solid win for Dortmund. Uh, they need these type of results in order to get through, especially when they are depleted slightly in obviously their best player. So Where yeah, is Holland, by the way? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I believe he's injured. He's been gone for the last couple of games. Interesting. Um, all right, so in the next group, we've got Shakhtar and Inter. Inter don't beat a team. They should beat. I think like the million-dollar question coming out of this is like, what is going on with Inter? Where are they? Um, they're not necessarily playing. They're not playing poorly. No. I can say that. I watched them play Real, and they they were the dominant team in my eyes. I thought there were some strange substitutions. Um and I think it's like really hard to replace Lukaku with uh, Eden Dzeko. But um, Inter can't win this game. I still expect them to advance from the group. That said, we have um, in the next match, we have like uh, Real Madrid and Sheriff. Uh, Real 1, Sheriff 2. Um, Real don't look super strong. They did beat Inter, and like Inter's currently only sitting on one point. This group is starting to look like either Sheriff or Shakhtar could actually upset yeah. Inter or Real, one of them. Yeah, first or second. yeah exactly. Um, the ties see. make it so there's a lot fewer points total that go into like the group, you know? So anytime a tie like this happens, it and it weights wins even, even more, more heavily. 
Yes, absolutely. So Sheriff has like really put themselves in a good spot. Yeah, these two wins for them are gigantic. It's and it's great. That it's so exciting to have a team like this performing well. They got like four goals in two games against you know some teams that God they probably never imagined playing against, especially to win at Real Madrid. Gosh. It's awesome. And after the first leg, I mean, we did point out Real Madrid's vulnerability. Um, after the first leg against Inter, we noticed that that team like isn't, they don't have a ton of bite. So I, I guess I'm not totally shocked to see that. I'm, I am surprised, but I'm not like shook. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if, it, if one of Inter or Real aren't going to get through, it's probably going to be Inter not getting through. Interesting. I have it being real, not getting through. Ooh, all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll watch this. We'll re- yeah, we'll revisit that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next we have Benfica three, Barcelona nothing. Um, are you sure that Barcelona are going to finish top four in La Liga? Um, got in my own record saying that. Uh, I, I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm sure of anything anymore with them. It's <laughs> they're terrible, dude. They're just terrible. I I don't even. It's it's like an alternate dimension. I I honestly like am completely baffled by how poorly Barcelona is performing. I thought they they would like not be as good, but they are they're hopeless at times. And losing three zero to Benfica in the Champions League, Barcelona. What the fuck's going on? They're gonna fire their coach, right? Or like they maybe they can't afford to money wise. It's it's crazy there right now. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy. Um, if it's, it's just, I feel this compounding effect of failures and get the potential of getting bounced out of the Champions League early and then like not qualifying to be top four. I think like it's oh. this this perfect storm is just getting worse and worse. They and, would they would be in such a tough position if that happened. Not qualifying for the knockout rounds of the Champions League is going to be enough this season to really hurt them if it if it does happen. Uh, but God, not qualifying for the Champions League at all in the following season would would put them, I would imagine, especially depending upon how the pandemic continues or doesn't continue to affect revenue, then that, yeah, wow, Barcelona could be in trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, so next we have uh, Bayern 5, uh, Dynamo Kiev, nil. Um, I mean, yeah, it, uh, Julian Nagelsmann doesn't appear to be having any trouble transitioning to the job. Yeah, this is what you expect from Bayern, and they are doing it. Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything more to say about <laughs> yeah. that. That's uh, all to say about that. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right, Forrest. Um, Atalanta and Los Niños Pequeños, the young boys. Uh, yeah, I just feel like this is probably what United should have done at the worst when they played them. Um, young boys... They have they have some good players and you know Jordan Pifok for the win, but you Wasn't really it, expect yeah. these better teams to win these type of games, and Atalanta did. I agree. Um, Man U two via Real one. Um, I watched the game and. It wasn't, I mean, again, like Man U U wasn't like the hyper-dominant team. I mean, Villarreal had plenty of chances, and Villarreal looks great to their credit. Um, Ronaldo does save them at the end, though. Yeah, and here's the other side of the Oli coaster. Uh, He's unbelievable sometimes, Ronaldo, that is. The 
like the ability to finish that goal. You just knew when it was like falling the way it was that it was going to get finished. But I got to point out Jesse Lingard here because he's already, I feel like he's raised his level since Ronaldo arrived. And I saw a tweet when Ronaldo first got signed where Jesse was like tweeting a picture of him with Ronaldo as a kid, you know, in Ronaldo's first stint. And I think there's something going here. And I, I'm willing to predict that Jesse Lingard is going to be playing like a pretty big role for United, not like starting necessarily or whatever, but the guys coming off the bench and make an impact. And for a while I was always saying about him, this guy's got to move on. He shouldn't like, what is he wasting his time here trying to make it into a squad? He's not getting enough playing time in, but it's his year this year, I think. Hmm. Well, I hope he stops passing the the ball to Jordan Pifok to lose. Yeah, that game. one wasn't good, but then he did score <laughs> that smasher in the game after, and then he's the one that dug it out for Ronaldo's goal here. So, no, fair enough. I'm just giving you a hard time, and I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right, though. It's crazy to think a lot of these guys like grew up with Ronaldo being their, you know, their their idol, and now they're like playing with him. Um. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got uh, Salzburg two, Leal one. Um. I mean, Salzburg keeps showing up, and, and Brendan Aronson on the. I mean, he's not the, yeah, all there is to talk about. Right they've there got in the a thick lot, of it. Yeah, they've got a lot of good players, but I watch no, Brendan have, play, and he's so quick. He's important for how they play. He's effective. I'm so excited about him. It's really nice to, you know, the, we don't have we got kind of slim pickings still as U.S. fans. We're starting to get like very good players in s- certain areas, and he feels like he's capable of being another one of those and. <laughs> It's happening very quickly. I agree. I, you know, I was watching Marseille play today, and we have like many players who are on teams that, like, you know, they can make something happen. Like Eunice Musa is playing for Valencia, and like something could happen there. And like uh, De La Fuente is playing for Marseille, and Brendan's playing for Salzburg. And it feels like out of like those groups of players that are on a team in like a prove it situation, almost like Weston was last year with Juventus. Um, Brendan appears to be the guy for me who seems to be like rising to the occasion the best. It's mm-hmm. not the same league as those guys. I, I acknowledge that. But no, but it's it, not. his trajectory does seem very good. Yeah, agreed. Um, move. So next we've got Wolfsburg 1, Seville 1. Um, I mean, wh- what else do you yeah, expect? Yeah, th- this... Well, I, I think this kind of is indicative of what's going on in the group right now. Because another draw... Um, it, all these teams have points. And... Um, the leading team, uh, Salzburg, has only four points, and then Sevilla, Wolfsburg on two, and Lille on one at the bottom. So, like, this is anybody's currently still, and there's not a lot of goals being scored either. Um, it's just it would be incredible three, if Salzburg uh, made it out of here. Yeah, six, seven goals total in all the games that have been played. So. This is a really grindy group. This this might be actually the group of death in some ways. I thought it was the Liverpool group to begin with, but the way this one's playing out is really spicy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if Salzburg is the is the team that makes it out of here, especially if they make it out of here like heads and shoulders, uh, points wise ahead ahead of the other um, teams here, this really is the group of death because Leo and Wolfsburg. I mean, Leo won the French league last year, and Wolfsburg is nothing to joke about. They've got like one of the stingiest defenses in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Neither Salzburg. Sevilla. They didn't. Didn't they right. win the? They did. Europa, Europa league? league. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, the unexpected group yeah, of death Salzburg right here. Salzburg gets out. Wow. It goes to it says something about Brendan. Um. 
Mm-hmm. So um, the final group we have, we've got Zenit, uh, Four, Mamo, Nil. I don't really yeah, know Mamo anything not about strong. Well, M- Mamo just are not a strong team relative to Zenit. And Zenit really aren't going to, you know, probably make it out of this group anyways. So it kind of shows you how the group is stratified here. Yeah, I mean, Juve and Chelsea are for sure making it out of here. Um, I did watch the Juve Chelsea game. And I, I see the notes that like Chelsea is slipping a little bit, and maybe that is the case. Um, I was surprised to see like Juve is like the semi dominant team. That's what I thought. I was like, man, Juve's like mm-hmm. Juve's looking like the better team in this game, and maybe that's an indication. Yeah, which is not what... slipping. Yeah, or that Juve's corrected their course a bit right. too, because they did have a hard, a poor start to the season, and they've gotten a couple better results recently. So uh, teams headed in opposite directions. They're not like an out of this world different team than Chelsea. I mean, it's like Juve is like a team with like a really solid defensive line, and they've got like some players who can be very dangerous in the attack, and like a like a Chiesa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm he's happy. Good. Yeah, he's he's good, and it's cool to see West coming off the bench. I mean, it would have been Pulisic. I this was one of those games I got to say where I felt I had a moment where I was like, was Pulisic's inclusion in the last international break really worth really worth it like how happy would i have been to see Pulisic come on in a game like this and try to shake it up against juve um it felt like uh the condensed fixtures are just terrible right now i imagine with um Pulisic and with reyna they don't the clubs are really you know not interested in releasing the players if they can if they don't have to yeah, and I kind of have to think a little bit. Like, I'm I'm pretty convinced the U.S. is going to qualify, and those guys getting in form at their club is is like for me of the utmost importance. Well, yeah, it's really difficult for them if they just. Uh, you think they're likely to get injured again playing, <laughs> qualifying? You know, probably. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that's what happens when they're you're the playing. good players that constantly get it hacked. So, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I, somehow we made it through all those games in um in 37 minutes 38 minutes oh you're just um, like clock watching yeah i'm, I'm keeping trying to keep our even score keep, over here <laughs> keeping our viewers at home engaged doing the best that i can not to pontificate but um ryan i don't have anything else major to cover i think there's like a good chance that we we do another pod um I, this might be it for the week. I mean, maybe we'll we'll do a response to some of the other things that we've been talking about, such as promotion or relegation or some other topics. But I don't have anything major for the group, and I think the next time they can expect to hear us is on Tuesday. Yeah, Where's your head at? Tuesday? Yeah, think? it'll be Tuesday. Unless something major happens. So, Okay. Um, Ryan, thanks for being here and doing this. Um, by the time you guys are hearing this, it's Friday. So, hell yeah, you made it through the weekend. Um, I guess watch... Manchester United and Everton this weekend. That's my recommendation to you guys. Yeah. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Al, it was fun as always. Hell yeah, man. We'll talk See to you next week. Soon. Later, guys.